That's right. That. You can only get Fred for eight minutes a day now from 720 to just when we start. Is that yeah. your... We're just, that was weird. I, I just said to Dan, is, is, this is your plan now. You're only going to work eight minutes a day. You're going to come on, <laughs> say, say one thing about you know something, and then you're just like, okay, peace. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good gig, man. I like that. <laughs> you showed up. No, it's just that the timing was perfect. It's like, okay. <laughs> I said, as soon as the live I said, okay, the meeting out. is being live uh, streamed, and oh, Fred's gone. I'm more concerned with why that happened. Uh, yeah, I'm very concerned. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll yeah. see how this goes then. We'll mm. have to troubleshoot on the go. There's um, significant freezing rain right here in Brampton right now. Already? So who knows? Yeah. yeah. Mm, it's on my way. On the way here, then. Well, it ain't here yet here. It ain't here yet here in the city. In this here city. Uh, all right. Well, we uh, we had a good pregame. <laughs> we had a good pregame. That was good. Yeah. That was and, a good warm-up. Uh, good warm-up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan Duran is uh, here now. He'll be here later. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's get started. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shabong Lake. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now, here are two men who have misjudged every single emerging money-making trend because they don't like getting on the bandwagon. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, I've, I've made some investments. You just think that. Just law of averages, you might stumble into like, hey, I bought Bitcoin when it was 100 bucks. Yeah. We're talking about the peak. Yeah. yeah, I've never been that guy. I'm always like, oh, are the markets super low now? Okay, great. Now's a good time to get rid of this. Anyway, uh, Paul Romanuk, uh, Freddie, is our guest today, along with Tim Niblett returns to retirement chirp, and we'll have stories of uh, financial gains and losses, as well as what you pay to go to Disneyland these days. It's outrageous. Hey, Freddie. Disney World, Howard. Disney World, sorry. Universal Studios, Howie. Oh, so it wasn't even Disney, it was Universal? Well, he had mentioned Universal. We'll find out. I'm sure maybe they went to both. I mean, if you've got your grandson down in the area and you're doing that type of thing, I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they had been there previously, but you know. I'm getting too deep into the subject now. Are you guys going to be reviewing all the uh, the tourist attractions? Because yesterday was the CN Tower. It cost mm-hmm. that. Now it's yeah. Disney World. Yeah, we're going to do a theme park review. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like next April taking my two beautiful grandchildren down to the uh, theme parks in Florida. And uh, it's like cha-ching, cha-ching. But yeah. anyway, you got to do it. That's you got to do it. I was just going to say. Well, you, you said that to me on another matter just minutes ago. I said, yeah, you can spend the money. And what are you going to do? Um, we were uh, yelling uh, just before you left the meeting after eight minutes. We were yelling about yesterday's hearings. Before we get into that, and that's later on in the show, I, I did want to share something with Fred because I don't know if, I don't know if Dan follows me on Twitter. But I know you're not on social media. And, and I basically stick mostly to nonsense or discussions of golf. You know, golf Twitter is where I mainly tweet. But yesterday I saw, you know, a picture of 
Tucker Carlson from just before the war when he was yelling about, why do I care what is going on in the conflict between Ukraine and Russia? Why shouldn't I root for Russia? Which, by the way, I am. Like, that's a thing, right? Right. So I tweeted, because I, I took that picture and I retweeted. I said, this will follow Asshat McFuckhead <laughs> until, this is so immature, this will follow Asshat McFuckhead until the end of his useless life. Yes, I know that's immature, and not his real name. It's Tucker McFuckhead. <laughs> so I thought you'd enjoy that a little bit. And uh, people, you know what, some people, some serious people actually like that, one of which was John Moore. I'm like, wow. That even uh, tickled uh, the great John Moore. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a lineup they have on at Fox in the evening. You know, from now that Jesse Waters, Dick, you know, fucking Tucker Carlson, creep weasel. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's what it says <laughs> under their bio. Yeah, excuse my language. Uh, Sean Hannity, you can't call him anything but a sorry cunt. He's an asshole. So to review, oh, Dick, a, Weasel, yeah. and Cunt are their yeah. big uh, primetime lineup. And then I know you're not supposed to say this about women, but uh, whatever that thing is at 10 o'clock, that Laura Ingraham, bitch. Wow. Yeah. It's quite the lineup they've they've put together there. You know, and I was driving back from Johnny Slapshot's hockey game last night uh, in Milton, and I'm flipping around, and I caught a bit of Tucker Carlson. You know when he does that little laugh thing? That no, I know. Little, it's... Oh, man, you just... Like, he that laugh, it's just so over-the-top creepy. <laughs> no, I listened to. I actually oh. was watching some, uh, some Tucker this morning. And oh, at some point, man. he does this thing. He goes, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Oh, tell me. uh, Maybe I'm too too violent. Yeah. So, by the way, just to be clear, you weren't listening to Fox with Johnny in the car. Oh, Oh, no, 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 no. No. Hey, by the way. Yeah. Just quickly, while I think of it, contrast in in situations. uh, The Fred man and his little wife, Delise, go to Costco in Brampton yesterday. Mm, I'd say 95, 97% mask wearing. Yeah. People were wearing masks. Yeah. Go to Johnny Slabshot's hockey game in Milton last night. Uh, the pandemic is over in Milton. Oh, good. It was the other way. It was like 95, 97%. <laughs> in the rink, nobody wearing masks. Uh, I was in Sobeys for, uh, you know, 20 minutes yesterday. 95 to 97% mask wearing, including all the staff, everyone. I, in, I, I might have seen two or three people the entire time without a mask on. Mm-hmm. But before we leave Fox... Anyway, yes, I, I just uh, no, I didn't I, want to forget that. No, no, that. You, I, I appreciate that. We can come back to that. Because I, I had written down the mask, also vaxxing. You know, you we'll get to some of these. There are still restrictions in Canada about flying, vaccinated, etc. Mm-hmm. But back to Fox. So the lineup, Jesse and all the other people. Mm-hmm. So last night they had that judge, that raving fucking <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So, I, I think Perano, per, I can't remember her name, but she's she's so judge, bad. Yeah, Judge uh, whatever. Judge something. Yeah. <laughs> she's a mad sure. woman. And uh, this was an actual quote from her show. She was filling in for Laura last night. Yeah. And uh, if you go to the Fox website, I think the quote is still there. She said, the world is watching us in reference to Biden. She says, the world is watching us being humiliatingly incompetent. (laughs) 
<laughs> she, she said that about the yeah. current president. Forget the fact that a year ago, two years ago, their guy was telling people to stick light into their assholes and bleach into their eyes. The world is watching us being humiliatingly incompetent. And that's How does why she you face have any of her friends? That's why you really have to temper this stuff, because I, for, I forever am doing that. Oh, yeah. They raise these issues, and it's like, well, wait a minute. If, you, if that bothers you, then what about him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if the truth means so much to you, what, what about your buddy Donald? Like, why was it never an issue with him? On and on. On and on and on. And, and back to this thing that I tweeted yesterday, and I just I, I did it because sometimes, you know, I can mostly I just tweet about golf, but this thing about this Tucker Carlson saying, it actually, how he goes on television ever again when he says, why shouldn't I root for Russia, which, which by the way, I am, doesn't mm-hmm. that then just supersede anything you ever say after that? You think? It's hilarious. Howard. It's hilarious. There's an actual uh, quick cut of, of him uh, saying all those things about supporting Russia yeah. and then flips immediately to him uh, supporting the other mm-hmm. side, right? And there's mm-hmm. no kind of transition or, you know, excuse or whatever. And there's no accountability. Yeah, that's yeah, it. There's exactly, no accountability. Yeah, good- Listen, remember, this is a guy that in a court of law, you know, Fox argued that his show and he cannot be taken seriously. <laughs> That's right. They, they were backed into a corner with this huge lawsuit, and that was their defense. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's Tucker. You can't really take him seriously. You know, it's yeah. entertainment. It's infotainment. But he's a creep. Like, Well, the problem with he, not taking him seriously is guys like us, people of, you know, of our sort of limited intellect, but somewhat more than the average person watching, because I, I thought of that this morning while I was watching his opening essay thinking... This is so weird, but there are people out there that are accepting this and are and are more importantly being affected by it. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say on the upside, because that was the QAnon crew yesterday, eh? With uh, Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, and that Marsha uh, Blackburn at one point asks the judge to find what a woman is. Like, no, I know. Like, it, it's just. And as she said, you know, that's something for the court of law. That's something for the courts to decide, not me. I mean, she had great comebacks. But again, this is the game they all play. But the more of this QAnon crew, the more airtime and the more they get to speak, I think the better it is for the country. Because if you're anywhere in the middle, you've got to stop down and go, wait a minute. I'm not going to hand the country over to these people. You hope. This fall. Yeah. Dan. What were you? Yes. You were trying to jump in there with something, and then oh no, I was just going to. You got you got you got trampled by uh, all the excitement. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say he gets a, an amazing. I mean, he gets four million viewers uh, a night on average. Yeah, he's huge. So so it's and that it just bothers me that there's all these people out there that are uh, the accountability thing, where they, they nobody. Like, how is it there's so many lies floating around there in the in the info sphere and they're not, you know, they're they're not being checked by it. Like, hmm. like it's easy. It, everything it's lying is just uh, rampant. I, 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 I agree. You know, like how I've said this several times, none of these people listening to Trump or all these, you know, this don't they have Google? Can't they just Google the facts? But the problem is, it doesn't matter if they were. 
if 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 they sh- if you showed a Fox viewer Tucker Carlson two weeks ago saying, frankly, I support Russia, and now saying, you know, we're on the side of freedom and blah blah blah, they would go, yeah, so what? They don't care. They don't care because if you ever go to the Fox website and read the, you know, the comments after the stories, like it's, it, you know, it's as I say with. Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned Richard, Richard Surrett too much. All the stuff that he he supports, you know, anti-Trudeau, anti-this, anti-anything decent, it seems. Um, it's like you could just take the word Trudeau out and put Trump in. You know what I mean? Like all the things that all the ac- accusations that he throws at the left, you could just insert Donald Trump or Candace Berg, and there's another thing. I'm at the hockey game last night in Milton, and I'm standing between, between these, I say older guys, maybe slightly older than me, and they were talking about the PC leadership, so I sort of cocked my ear over, and the one guy's going, yeah, this Candace Berg, and I really like her. I don't know why she's not running for the leadership. <laughs> but, you know, right. I, I really like her, and I'm thinking, well, there you go. It's, you know, she's singing his, t- she's singing his tune. Yeah. You know, that underlying intolerance and racist shit from a West. He likes that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I'll tell you what it does do, though. If you if you what it does is it gives you the opportunity not to really be aware of any actual issues. You're just aware of, uh, you know, it's like and again, it's like being a fan of a team. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, you know, you cheer for that team no matter what they do. You know, you've sort of only recently in, in our lives together abandoned the Maple Leafs, but there, you know, for a long time, you were just on board with, with whatever the team right. did, which is what most fans are, and which is, you know, what politics has always been, but now in our lifetime more than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, it was interesting yesterday, too. You know, Josh Hawley, uh, his line of questioning about. Uh, kitty porn yeah and there was this one thing where it was recommended the 18 year old kid who got nailed with with kitty porn uh was recommended he get 18 months and the ultimate sentence was three months was three I, know, I saw it so again that makes for a great clip right he's like banging the desk or whatever he's doing like how could you do this but within it there's an explanation and people go well how can there be an explanation for that but there is an explanation yeah and the thing is, so are we to believe that this woman is a child porn sympathizer? She yeah, exactly. Think, she doesn't think it's important. Of course she does. But then she went on to explain his age, what he was all about, and the, the way the rules have changed with, with kitty porn, because you can hit one button and all of a sudden your computer becomes full of it. Did you yeah, intend I, I, to do that? On and on and on. I watched on, the exchange know? this morning. Yeah. It's about a five-minute clip. I think actually CNN still has it up. But but it goes back to what we were saying. Like Josh mm-hmm. Hawley wants his crews. They yes. they want to run for president, so that's the clip that they'll take away. Even yes. though, and here's the thing. I mean, I and Lindsey Graham storming out of the committee room, and all of it's just theater that has nothing to do with how imminently qualified this human being is. And you know, of course, Tucker Carlson's thing last night was. Biden said in January we were going to look for a, you know, a woman of color to be on the Supreme Court. You know, it doesn't matter whether she's qualified or not. But the fact is, they all know she's more than qualified. This is the fourth time she's been vetted uh, by the Senate for a judicial appointment. She went to Harvard and she's only, you know, only stood for good for her entire life. 
But of course, this is what they do. They have to come on and make a bunch of noise and <laughs> Lindsey Graham walking out. And the man's in his 70s. You know, were you that offended by what was going on? You had to leave the room? Well, and again, when you see that, like, and you go into to vote, like, that's your guy? Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I let's uh, Dan. Uh, I'm going to let you go here. I, was, right, I, well, I feel well, like yeah. you have. If there's some, I know when Dan's working on several stories, Fred, for uh, his news later. We hey. made you a, a space recap. Could be will, some uh, space. Dan, look this up. There's a very interesting story. And again, this is not a typo. Where I'm not misspeaking. All right. That over the past few days, the poles, Arctic and Antarctic have been like 40 Celsius above what they should be in temperature. Oh, yeah. There's okay. lots going on. In the yeah. Well, okay. and Dan, yeah. and, yes. and you as a former weatherman, you could also research the freezing rain. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> I, I'll, before you go, Dan, I, this story again, well, let's just leave the committee for a bit because all it is is us yelling about Republicans. But there's a, uh, one of our big Hundy P's, Keith Weiland, I mentioned him yesterday, always gives us great music. But he sent me a link to a, a bunch of kids on social media who have started their own version of QAnon, but it's like a parody of it. And it's oh, called Birds, cool. Aren't, Birds Aren't Real. Oh, yeah, I know that. That is hilarious. I'm going to tell you, I looked at some of their videos today. These kids are fucking funny. Their whole thing is that the government replaced the real birds with robots spying birds. And they're... (laughs) <laughs> they are. They're holding rallies. They've got this whole backstory about a CIA agent who was killed because of what he knew about the birds. And just go look it up. Birds aren't real. And under their bio, it says they used to be until the U.S. government replaced them with drone replicas designed to spy on the American public. Mm-hmm. Go to birdsaren'treal.com if you're looking for kind of a funny... <laughs> just they did this rally in LA a couple days ago. It was pretty funny. I mean, these are all young kids. They're all like late teens, them. early twenties. <laughs> Good for them. Oh, fuck, it's really funny. Anyway, Dan, go have a look at that. Birds aren't real. Right. Uh, but Dan Duran is everybody, and Dan Duran all will right. be uh, joining us. Thank you, Dan. Okay. Thank you, but, Dan. But Howard, I I have to ask you. Like, should I be concerned? My default is when I see somebody like Lindsey Graham and that. Tom Cotton, too, gets me in that Josh Hawley. And I won't go as far with the women, of course. But this default, this reflex I want to have is I want to punch them, like, in the face. Like, is do you ever feel that way? That's my thing. Well, only, like, every, only every minute of every day. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> What is that, though? It's Every like minute. it's not like I want to disagree with them or just turn the TV off. I just I imagine myself like busting into into the chamber yeah. there and like punching just them start the going on a punching rampage. <laughs> I think I know where it comes from, though. What's that? Well, um, not to, you know, derail your bit, which is fun. I'm enjoying it very much. It's not. And it's I, not a bit. No, I know. Oh. But I mean, it was partly a bit. Um, I, I think we're come well because it has to be with your fucking yeah. Go hey, who is that? Why is he punching everybody? I think where it comes from, at least my my reaction, my visceral reaction of wanting to punch people in the face, comes from the fact that it's frustration born of no solution. Like there's no, like I said to you a while mm-hmm. ago, we all just want one day for those guys to get 
They're to get what's due to them, like Ted mm-hmm. Cruz. You know, there's a video of Ted Cruz freaking out at an airline um, ticket counter a few days ago because he, his flight got canceled. They had to call the fucking cops. There's video of a, of, a, of a policeman having to come over and calm this Senator Ted Cruz down. So, yeah, it's frustrating because nothing ever seems to stick to these guys, much like our conversation about Trump. There's just no. So what I feel your frustration comes from, let me wrap it up by saying the frustration sounds like it's mine, which is how come nothing ever. There's no justice that ever happens to these people. Well, you want to talk about frustration. You know, I mean, Josh Hawley and and um, and uh, Ted Cruz, you know, on the pedophilia bandwagon. One of their one of their key members in Congress is Jim Jordan. I know. Look at his look at his history. Totally ignored. He allowed he allowed sexual child sexual abuse to take place knowing about it and not saying anything about it. That's why he I'll tell you right now that's why he will never run for president Jim Jordan. Because he would have to face that line of questioning. Yeah. Listen, mm-hmm. every time, I mean, Jim Jordan, I follow him on Twitter, and every time he tweets something, if you go in, but this is what gives me some hope. Yeah. When you go in and see the comments, it, Donald Trump Jr., uh, Jim Jordan, the people we just named, the comments uh, are mostly negative. Mm-hmm. Every time he says something, the first 30,000 responses are, you know, G, they spell his name G-Y-M. Mm-hmm. There's all, it all comes up. My frustration, and I'm only speaking for myself now, comes from the fact that, you know, Donald Trump hasn't been arrested yet. We talked about this yesterday. Um, how come Jim Jordan is never questioned about that? How come when he goes on Fox News, they never, they never bring that stuff up? It, it just comes from, I think, the frustrations around the, there's no accountability. And, and you know, Lauren Bobbert and Marjorie Taylor Greene and all those crazy shit that they say. How do, to your point, how do people still vote for them? But the, the fact that there's no comeuppance or whatever people use, so there's no, there's no retribution for it. No, and the whole Trump era has just blown the top of, off that, yeah. allowed people to, to speak out. Because the guy, we've said this how many times, the guy at the top, if he says it, if he dog whistles it, well, then it must be okay. And again, that's spilled over into this country, whether we like to believe it or not. It has. That whole I- ideology. And as I say, hopefully, you know, you you hold on to some degree of hope that the more these people are exposed, the less chance of them taking control of the country. But maybe that's a pipe dream. <laughs> well, the, the just like the pandemic where there's no sort of line where people go, OK, it's done now. Just like that, there will be no I mean, unless something remarkable happens, we're never going to see. The guy that was twice impeached that has, you know, paid off porn stars. You want to talk about being associated with pedophiles. You know, his best buddy was Jeff Epstein. We're never going to see him get the justice that a lot of people suspect he deserves. And there's a frustration around it. Yeah. One last uh, note on violence. I'm reading here this morning, too, that 
in late October, Vladimir Putin plans on attending the G20 in Bali. And immediately I'm thinking, oh, that's where somebody can take him out. He'll be in Bali. There could be a sniper somewhere, you know, with a high caliber bullet. Just take his head off. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It's the first thought that came to mind. Well, uh, I saw a picture yesterday. I think it was of his mistress. Yes. And I thought, well, why can't we get to him through her? Why can't we, you know, like in a spy movie, we we get to her, we, you know, they threaten her and then the the whatever. And then he comes to visit for a booty call. And then it's not really her. It's somebody with like a Mission Impossible (laughs) face on. And it's really Tom Cruise. And and they anyway, see what they said about her. She's either in. It's some beautiful resort with the with the children he has fathered. Of course, they're all safe. Yeah. You know, warm and fed and safe. Yeah. Either at some luxury resort in Switzerland or in some underground town slash city in Siberia. So apparently in Siberia, they've constructed this town below the ground for him to escape to if he hits the button. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I uh, spent uh, my regular hour with the war yesterday, and then, of course, this morning, just going and taking a tour of, you know, CTV and CBC and such. And it's, you know, I don't want to, again, I don't know what this show is going to be today, but I tell you, some of the things you see in images of the Ukraine, you know, it really, they're way past the point. I said this yesterday of, you know, it's ruined. You know, that's that country is already ruined and all those lives, those millions, millions of people, the population of Toronto has now been displaced. And every day, I don't know about you, but I turn my phone on and I hope for some good news or some something positive. You know, the president's going to Europe tomorrow. Trudeau's already there. You know, is there no one? Is there no avenue or forget killing the guy? But is there no way for somebody to make some sense or to appeal to you know the russian sense of decency because it's a lot of families and children and and women and and kids being killed it's remarkable to me really honestly i think the only way for this to end is uh, to have him taken out and i and i think that's a, that's not as far-fetched as you might think because it's the economic pressure continues to pile up and those beneath him may be afraid of what he might be able to do if he's somewhat deranged uh i think that's a real option the other thing i wonder and again you know i'm doing a little reading this morning watching some news i I know again russian people aren't the russian people aren't the problem just like the germans weren't the the german people weren't the problem so uh, i I have nothing against them but aren't there enough people within russia because they're being sold this line that that putin's doing this to denazify ukraine but aren't there and isn't there enough um people connected back and forth to to dispel that big lie because I wondered, my, my last thing before I want you to comment is, what what does the average Russian think is going on? Do they really believe that Nazis have overtaken Ukraine and what Putin and his army are doing is righteous? I don't know. I, I know. It's hard to... And, you know, as we were saying last week, there's enough 
believe me, there's enough computer nerds in that country to circumvent any, you know, blackout that he's imposed on the Internet. I mean, there's so many ways around that. You know, and you can see it through a lot of the protests. I mean, the protests are pretty large scale in in in, in Moscow in particular. So the word's getting through to those people. But hey, you know, it's like blind-eyed idiots. It's like, how do you vote for Ted Cruz? How do you vote for Lindsey Graham? You're, you're a glassy-eyed freak. And there's probably legions of people there that Mother Russia, he's our leader, whatever he says, go. Why would it be any different? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, this is going to be a weak analogy, but it would be kind of like if the U.S. just without provocation invaded us under yeah. the idea that, you know, there's a um, and we're, you know, we're similar in nature. We share a undefended mm-hmm. border. I just was thinking about that yesterday. What are they say? What, how, what is the average Russian just like what did the average german think was going think was going on and what i what i would sort of drew this conclusion to myself yesterday which is when this is over and i just hope it's over soon for so many reasons not selfish alone but when it's over what are they going to hear when they really find out what was going on that for the most part the people dying in ukraine are citizens and civilians it's Mm -hmm. really you know it really is you know something to see and I mean that, and I'm not being facetious. It's remarkable, those scenes from those cities that are now... I keep thinking to myself, am I watching something from, you know, the 1940s again? Is this is this happening again? Did we not learn anything? We're just I dumb. <laughs> we just really are human beings. And, uh, you know, to steal a, a phrase from Mr. Goohead, the first thing that comes to my mind is, why... Why? Like, why? Why is this? Yeah. There's no why to it. You know? This guy, you know, just had a fucking pickle up his ass for years over the breakup of the Soviet Union. It's something that's bugged him. Forget the fact that Ukraine was peaceful and productive and Russia had become somewhat (laughs) democratic. Westernized. Yeah. Westernized. And, you know, it seemed to be uh, clicking along. But that wasn't good enough. But... Um, a couple of stories. Did you hear that? Is I, the parent company that owns Tim Hortons hasn't pulled out of Russia? I, I just read that briefly. There's so really? much. Yeah, something like that. Like there's some, you know, there's some story connected to that. I don't have all the facts. I have none. Actually, I have none of the facts except that I read that. Excuse me, that I read that. That uh, hmm. whatever parent company was. Uh, but and there was that franchisee. Because think about it. There's McDonald's there. There's, you know, mm-hmm. Burger Kings. A lot of Western influence there. Russia keeps paying its bond debt. You know, that's there was a big concern that Russia wasn't going to be able to pay off its debts, but it's somehow they continue to. You know, you said something the other day, like, this guy, Vladimir Putin, like, how much money and power and influence? Like, mm-hmm. what do you need? Yeah. You know? Most of us, I know we can't relate to the uber rich, but really, you know, once you have enough to take your kids to Universal Studios, you've done well. What else, you know, what else yeah. do you need? No, it just shows you where, you know, the mental health comes into it. There's something, something not wired right there. You, By the way, McDonald's think? is, can, <clears throat> McDonald's, you know, I guess to their credit, but I question it. They closed all 800 and some odd 
stores in in Russia, but they continue to pay the the, the employees. You know, because that that's an argument from you know the set that you know deep down sort of likes what Putin's doing. You know, the North American far right. You know, well, why are you taking it out on the Russian people? Well, look what Putin's doing to the Ukraine people. So, yeah, exactly. You know, Depriving the odd Russian of their uh, uh, 15 rubles an hour, I don't think is a horrible thing. It helps send the message. You know what this show needs right now? What's that? It needs a little Bobby. Nothing, nothing can shift a mood like a little Bobby. Yeah. Uh, Paul Romanuk uh, in the next couple of minutes. And I'm sure we'll continue with some of this. Uh, Romanuk lived in Europe for a few years. I'm interested in his perspective on not only this, but starting to ease restrictions, what that means, you know, for a guy that lived in London. And as I mentioned, Nibla will be here with uh, some financial stuff as well. We'll uh, check in on what is ex- what's it like when you go to Universal during the mm-hmm. you know, inflation times. But first, Freddie, let's talk about these fine folks. Well, I want to talk, Howard, about Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, Mark uh, Giordano and uh, Colin uh, Blackwell make their debut at the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. The Leafs heavily favored in this game. They play the New Jersey Devils. Devils pay $270 uh, to win. Uh, over under six and a half goals on this game. Uh Again, I'm not as excited as others are, I guess, about Mark Giordano, but that's the line on that game. Just an example of, uh, you know, what you can play through, Bodog. Uh, whether you're a sports uh, better, a horse racing fan, a poker or casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, uh, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Go to Bodog today, and don't forget, well, what is today, Wednesday, tomorrow, uh... Sweet 16 begins. Uh, Lots of fun there. People love to play those games. By the way, you can uh, golf. You know, golf allows betting now. uh, And Bodog has some great odds on golf. And there's some real-time stuff you can do. But this weekend, it's all bracket stuff. And I guess they do that to coincide with the Sweet 16. There's a match play uh, competition, which is rare on the tour. And you can go to the brackets and bet on different golfers. And uh, it's, it's quite recent that they've started allowing wagering on that sport and the sport is so it's so weird the irony of golf uh, sort of letting betting in is that that golf itself is so filled with betting inside the game it just seemed weird it took this long for people to be able to bet outside of the game on a professional level but now you can well, you know, you can bet on everything. In fact, I was—I bet you could have bet on whether the Leafs were going to bring in another guy almost 40 years old who wants, to, <laughs> who wants to end his career in Toronto. That's right. Another local boy that's like, if I yeah. could just go someplace before I die. Yeah. But I get it. Like, if I grew up in this, neighbor, in this neighborhood, if I grew up in this city, and you somehow made it to the NHL, if you grew up here, you grew up mm-hmm. idolizing the team. I get why you'd want to come back here. It just seems fun. It's a, there's a never-ending supply of these guys. Well, yeah. It's like, God, I don't blame Mark Giordano. It's just the, that old, tired, 
uh, reflex of the Maple Leafs to do this at the trade deadline all the time. So when you brought him up a couple days ago, I, you know, to be honest, I didn't really, really didn't know much about him. And then I just did a little research. You know, I read an article. Like, the guy is a superstar. Two years ago, he won the Norris Trophy. Yeah. I mean, right. when, when you brought him up the other day, I was, uh, you know, I, was, I sort of started thinking of other Leafs I remember coming here at the end of their careers. I brought up Gary Roberts and a few others. But right. this guy, Giordano, is only two years removed from one of his best years in hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, when he went undrafted, he was never drafted. So he's one of those phenomenal, or those uh, phenoms or phenomenons where never drafted, and then for some reason, just the NHL style of play clicks with him, and uh, he has a great career. You know, you mentioned Gary Roberts. Who Gary Roberts played here for two or three years. The the problem with the Giordano style of guy, or like Nick Foligno last year, they all come here like at the end of their contracts too so it's like a couple of months and it turns to disaster and then it's over i don't know if <laughs> that's great that's I a great i'm just thinking I, about, I, that's I a great description huh that's a great, great description they come here for a couple of months it's a disaster and then it's over well look at nick felino last year you know, he was the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. They trade for him, give up a first-round draft pick, and he comes literally injured and hardly plays and yeah. plays no part in their humiliation to the Montreal Canadiens and then leaves. Yeah, well, you <laughs> described it correctly then. Um, I'm not sure. I guess I'll save this. Did you bring this up yesterday that Mick Mickelson's not going to play in the Masters? Right, yes. So what they do is they... Recently, they they released a list of invitees as well as past champions not in the field. And that's how uh, the sporting world found out that Phil Mickelson, a three-time Masters champion. Most recently, there's rumors that he was either suspended from the tour or... Because of this, some nonsense surrounding this Saudi golf golf league, he's taken some time away. But I think it's I think he got suspended because for him to miss the Masters is unprecedented at his age. Like, you know, if you're 71, maybe you skip it. But if you're 51, you don't skip it. He's lost four or five big time sponsors, and and I don't want to get into why. But he, you know, he's one of those guys. He's I've always thought he's a bit of a phony. But here's the thing. So they released this list. Past champions, not in the field. And guess who's not on that list? Tiger. So they they haven't... I guess I was wrong. They haven't released a list of all the participants. They released that list of champions, past champions, not in the field. So there's still a chance that El Tigre Mm. may hobble on his bad leg and tee it up in a couple weeks. Why, <clears throat> back to Mickelson, why would that be a, if he was suspended, why does that have to be a secret? Uh, interesting question, because the tour policy is never release, never releases the uh, people that are suspended or people that are fined. <laughs> there he is. Look at Paulie. <laughs> look, look who just discovered their Zoom. <laughs> look, oh. look who just discovered their Zoom uh, uh, apps. 
He looks like uh, a Fox TV, a go. Fox <laughs> News host. That's right. Mm. You were doing. Were you doing your impression of Laura Ingraham there? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever come across a fucking bigger lineup of dick faces? <laughs> like seriously, Romanuk. You're a professional broadcaster. Hey, hey morning, guys. <laughs> uh, I, 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 do you want me to introduce intro. you? Do you want me to introduce you? <laughs> Paul Romanuk is with us. He is a uh, veteran broadcaster, blah, 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 friend of the show. <laughs> Here's what I heard. Have you ever seen more of a collection of dick faces? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Paul's here, by the way. Yeah, Paul's here. <laughs> have you what, ever what, come across? What we have to remember, too, is in you know cable television in Canada and in Toronto specifically. That's that channel is optional. Like you actually have to reach out and buy it. Yeah. And not only do a lot of Canadians not buy it, a lot of them don't even know it exists. It's not even really in their world. Well, which hey, I guess hey, is a good thing. Can I ask you guys a question? Have you guys ever had because I mean you you touch on all bases on your show uh, as good talk radio does. Have you ever had any of the like? Ezra Levant or uh, no? I think Richards no. Richard Sarah. Yeah, we had we had Sarah on for years. Wing, yeah, no, we had Sarah on for years. But Fred will explain why he won't come on anymore. Because that whole fringe is cowards, and, and I'll say it right now. I know Richard keeps saying, "Oh, his mother in law is there, and he's got to take the kids to school." It was never an issue before when we had him t- on talking about uh, you know wacky stuff like the conspiracies. Uh, Right. Be, these cowards do not want to ask or answer the questions that will be asked of them. By you they guys. just don't. Yeah. By yeah. anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, and, and that's the thing. Like, I have a whole list of questions I would ask Richard. Like, you know, why, why do you retweet Ezra Levant? Why do you, you know, retweet a lot of, like, whack job fringe creeps but but he he does because he buys into that so when you ask him why do you retweet that person this is what that person has done he doesn't want to answer that question yeah yeah no fair enough but but, you know i i feel like you know what i I feel a little bit bad because you know this guy uh, he's such a friend of ours i we feel so comfortable that we didn't give him the the respectful introduction that he deserves. Uh, For many years, one of the uh, premier play-by-play broadcasters, uh, TSN, and uh, such. For uh, the last couple of years, he's been working on a podcast that we all love called The Walrus Was Paul. The uh, fine, the, 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 the broadcaster that other broadcasters look up to. He is, in fact, <laughs> Paul Aloysius Romanuk. <laughs> he is you. our he's our Gig Sky guest of the day. Yeah, yes, he is. He is. Yeah. Uh, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. Download the Gig Sky app and enter code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan or visit gigsky.com for more information. Uh, Wildly convenient and affordable data while you're traveling. Gigsky.com. Uh, Paul's uh, podcast, I, I love the idea. When when I first heard of it, and one of the reasons I love this is because it, it does what most it does what good podcasts should do, which is the, the person producing it has an interest in a subject, wants to talk about it, geek out about it with other people who are interested in that subject, and just puts it out there. And I'm not saying you don't want an audience, but what I loved about it when you first, you know, brought it, you know, when we first heard about it was just, it was an interest of yours, 
and you decided to do that, you know, whatever audience you get is just great, but it's something that you would talk about even if you weren't doing a podcast. Well, uh, I mean, I think I've said before, and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I mean, you guys would know being being broadcasters. If, if you're into a subject, Howard, for example, golf, uh, and then whatever you broadcast about it, if I'm making sense, is going to come across as more sincere and it's going to resonate with the listener more because sure. you're into it, right? Because of, pa- and, of the passion for it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I mean, I have a passion uh, for, you know, for the Beatles, of course, but for music in general. When I started off in the business, I actually wanted to be a DJ. Uh, way back when and just kind of, uh, you know, you come along your career path and hit a couple of signposts and I ended up being a, a broadcaster and I love that and I'm a, like a play by play announcer and I'm glad I did. But when I uh, when my career came to uh, to an end, my play by play career. I wanted to do something because I love the craft of broadcasting and I miss it greatly. Like I, I enjoy doing it, uh, but I didn't want to do anything sports related. I was sort of sports out. Uh, and so I thought, well, I'll do something with music. And why don't I do something with the Beatles? And there was another podcast that I had heard. Uh, by a guy named uh, uh, Chris Shaw in Britain, and I'd heard his podcast, and he did a similar thing to what I do, and I thought, you know, if I I could put a twist on that and just have on musicians, Canadian musicians, I think there's something there. And there has been. It's it's done well, and I I really, really enjoy doing it, and it's been such a... I I mean, I've done hundreds, like you guys, I haven't done as many as you, but I've done hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of interviews, most of them because of my former line of work, sports related. And it's been really refreshing and interesting to talk to musicians and artists and get their perspective. And it's it's uh, it's something I, I really enjoy and have a passion for. Well, it sounds like it. And, you know, when we had you on a couple months ago, we were all talking about Get Back, the documentary And I sort of dipped my toe into the Beatles podcast world, and I listened to Peter Jackson on a couple other podcasts. In fact, I think one you recommended. But has so my question is going to be about the Beatles now. Has that died down in Beatles world, or is the the documentary still being discussed? It's still being discussed. Uh, You sort of have, like anything, right? You have people who are casual Beatles fans in the Beatles world. You have people yeah. like me who I think kind of come into the middle somewhere. And then you've got at the extreme other end, you've got the, uh, yeah, George, uh, change the uh, guitar picks for that track. And I think they, I mean, I had new plugs in the uh, oral exciter and probably you know, that, that segment, they're still geeking out over get back. Yeah. It's still big time. Uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's one. Uh, you know, there's there's one podcast that's dedicated to uh, a woman's perspective on the Beatles yeah. and on the Get Back documentary. I uh, the reason, I'll tell you, the, I tell you, Fred. Like it's, the reason I'm laughing is because what Paul just described is the level of golf podcast world there is. You know, and I mentioned earlier, Paul, that mostly I just tweet about golf. And then you follow me on Twitter. Every once in a while, I throw in something, you know, about Tucker Carlson or something. But you just described the golf podcast world. There's people that are somewhat, you know, casual and they sort of discuss the game. And then there are those that are going, Bryson DeChambeau is a body weight fat in his club head speed. I'm like, all right, nerds, just calm down. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I'm very similar. I have a golf podcast. We've done 180 some odd episodes, and I just like it because it's a chance 
to just, you know, talk about that one subject and people that are into it. I'm curious, Fred, if, you know, you know, Paul did a thing about the Beatles. I've got a golf podcast. If you were to do a, a, if something uh, outside of this, would it just be politics? Would it be what would your uh, what would you no. like to geek out about? See, you can't. I, I think nowadays if you do a podcast, it's got to be very sort of niche. Yeah. You know, well, so, what would your niche be? I don't know, Howard. You know, I've, sometimes I've uh, I've seen some stuff. I, maybe something about being a grandparent. Yeah, or something. maybe the grandpa I, report. Yeah, and I don't know what's in there, but maybe something. And then I've always listen. When I used to do my blog years ago, I had a page called the trailer, and every weekend I would update what happened at the trailer. It was just, it was stuff that. Just what happened at the trailer. I was stung by a bee. We went out in the boat. And I'll tell you, those page views were bigger than any other one. Because I think people... Oh, absolutely. Because I think people could sort of escape people that without cottages, without trailers, just liked it and read it and... You know, do, do you still have that, Fred, like the tiki bar and the trailer no, no, and the, no. no, it's all got long gone? No, I have a new place and everything. Oh, but, uh, okay. He's got a very, well, Romy, he's got a very fancy uh, setup out there, believe me. Yeah. Okay. But, but anyway, you know, you know what I'm saying about niche? Even yep. back then, it was like I had this blog that was about everything, but that specific thing about tra- life in an RV was the, it made probably the most popular. Anyway, that that's my answer if that's an answer. So, Paul, you were talking about doing play-by-play and originally wanted to be a DJ and getting into broadcasting. You know, I don't listen to a lot of regular radio anymore, but once in a while when I I was in California, I did listen to some morning shows. As an ex-play-by-play guy, the reason I bring that up is because as an ex-morning guy, when I listen to morning radio, I listen to it through a filter of having done it my entire life. Is it odd for you when you listen to hockey or you watch hockey, I'm assuming from time to time you'll tune in, do you hear play-by-play differently than, say, I might? Like, you're thinking about the technique, the mechanics. Are you critical? Are you a complimentary? Um, I, I, you do definitely listen to it with a, I think, with a different ear. Just like if a musician goes to listen to a show, you know, they're going to f- hear things that you don't hear and look for things you don't look, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think so much that I hone in on play-by-play per se. Uh, uh, I mean, I certainly have guys who I like and guys who I who I don't like. Um, but I, I think m- I more look at the production of the broadcast. Uh, okay. Oh, did they, you know, Jesus, uh, are they going to have an angle on that? Or they didn't get, uh, they, they didn't have an angle on that. And I know what's going on. You know, I know that when something's happened, I, I've done enough shows that the, the producers in the truck going, who's got that? Who's got that? And in the back, the guys on the tape machines are going, blue's got it. Blue, okay, we'll take a look on red first, then blue. And it's, so I, I look for things like that, uh, you know, or a bad cut by a director. Oh, geez, he shouldn't have cut away. Stuff like that is, is more what really? I notice. As yeah. the broadcaster, yeah. you would notice that. Um, my observation and uh, your comments on this, you know, uh, hockey broadcasting in Canada at one time was the Cadillac. It was the uh, it was the Porsche of broadcasting. Really? I mean, budgeting wasn't a huge concern. They paid to have a good a great product presented and when i watch this now especially like in between periods and just the texture sportsnet in particular not so much tsn you can really see budgeting has worked its way into well i mean into the broadcast and 
because I, I don't feel it, it is the best talent anymore, and it's not the best analysts, and, and it's not the best presentation that they, they could provide. Well, I won't comment on the, the talent of the people on there, but uh, what I will say is I, I think that, uh, you know, and I've said this before, and it's not just applicable to hockey broadcasting it's broadcasting in general in canada is we have reached a situation over the course of the last 10 or 15 years whatever it's been where essentially all of the -the over-the-air broadcasting be it radio or television is controlled mostly by bell and rogers and to a lesser extent chorus in the case of bell and rogers you have two huge companies who make loads of money and they're very successful but they're businesses are all about cell phones and broadband. That's how they make their money. The media division of Bell and the media division, sports and media division of Rogers are like that much. Uh, For those of you listening, I'm holding up a couple of fingers with a very tiny space between. It's less than (laughs) less than 10 percent of their of their profit margin. So as a result, You do what businesses do. You starve that small division of assets and capital and you pull as much as you possibly can out of it. That is my long answer as to why it doesn't look the way. I mean, and just look, sorry, Howard, I know you want to jump in. No, it's fine. A massive illustration is look what TNT in the United States in their first year, first year of being a rights holder with the NHL and hockey is not, it is not a hood ornament sport in the United Uh States. uh You know, it's, it's, Oh, it's a nice to have. It's a not need to have. What do they do? They go out and they get Wayne Gretzky to be on their panel. They have uh, Biz Nasty, another guy with a big social following, very popular. And I don't know if you've seen any of their show. It's fun and it's entertaining. Yeah, I've heard of it. Well, they had a segment the other day, again, creativity, they had a couple of brothers who were playing in a game against one another. Uh, I can't remember the teams. They the Robertson the, brothers. Thank you very much. Uh, they had the they had the two guys come to center ice in the pregame skate, both put a headset on and stand side by each and do an interview. I haven't seen anything like that on our side of the border. Yeah, a little bit anyone. more. It's a, you know, I, and I wanted to jump in about something else, but uh, you, you know what? What that reminds me, there, there's a bit a bit more innovation around. Even the golf broadcast. I know it seems um, incongruous, but there's a lot more of that kind of stuff on American television in general, sports-wise. Yes. At the cable level, at the broadcast level, the golf channel does stuff that's a bit more creative. Um, But what I wanted to say about Rodgers and Bell is this. And we've all been, you know, part of takeovers and been fired and et cetera. But isn't it interesting whenever a company takes over a division or there's a sale or or somebody comes in to make it more profitable, you never hear about somebody saying, you know what we should do? We should spend more money, make the product better and get more viewers. And that's how we'll increase uh, revenue. And what they do is they go, all right, where can we cut? (laughs) What jobs can we cut? You just never hear the other way where they go, you know what we really need to do is we need to put more money into the talent. And that's why... But that's I mean, I'm not saying though. I'm not saying that's an excuse. It's just an explanation for the last 20 years of, you know, constrict, uh, you know, shrinkage mm-hmm. in that in in our industry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, not to be uh, too inclusive or exclusive here or whatever, um, I look at TSN right now, their afternoon show, Overdrive with uh, Brian Hayes, Noodles and the O-Dog. I think it's an excellent show. It, to me, it checks all the boxes. Those guys will go on and talk about stuff, not even sports, and I think that is key for sports radio. But I look at them almost like the Blue Jays. I mean, they're... They're heading for big trouble here because the ratings aren't that good generally for TSN. They're great within that scheme for overdrive. At some point, they're going to have to pay these guys. And you know what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. The show will be gone. (laughs) That's right. The show is going to be gone. This great show that really is head and shoulders above anything else being offered on sports radio right now will disappear for that reason. Guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's that's the way it's. Mm -hmm. Canada is a small country, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, and, you know, that is that's what hurts us. The, you know, there's I mean, Ro- and I'm just speculating here. Rogers and Bell would if they could sell off their media divisions for, uh, you know, what they believe that they're worth, uh, they would get rid of them and get out of the media business in a heartbeat. But the problem in Canada is there is no one with enough money to come in and buy them uh, outright. There's because we don't because um, there are broadcast laws for those of you who aren't familiar with it. A foreign entity cannot own more than 33% of a Canadian over-the-air broadcaster. So, for example, otherwise, ESPN would have walked in 25 years ago and bought TSN outright. It would be ESPN Canada, Mm -hmm. done deal. Right now, they own 33% of it. That's as much as they can own. So there's no big conglomerate that you can sell that media division to. Because, as I say, it's my belief that neither Bell nor Rogers want to be in the media business to start with. They find them themselves because they they have these assets that they've acquired that they don't really want anymore but there's nobody who they can offload them to for a profit so what do you do well we'll milk as much as we can out of it put as little yeah. as we possibly can into it and that's the way it goes unfortunately well there's a lot of regulatory stuff that has to do with broadcast and and uh, you know over the air communication um let's just shift a bit because i wanted to ask about your time in london uh, you guys were there, you and Carrie, your lovely wife. Uh, you were there for, just give me some, remind me, five years, eight years, something like that. Ten years. Nine nine, years. Nine. Okay. Nine years, baby. So yeah. you're in Europe for nine years. Uh, I'm assuming you still have some friends over there and, and contacts. Um, what do you think people in the, well, a couple questions. Let's talk about the war. What do you feel like the people that you knew or friends in the U.K.? What is what's the vibe over there about all this stuff going on? Are people worried that this is going to become, you know, more and more involving other countries, involving the UK, etc.? Well, I mean, that way they're they're the same as we are here. People are uh, who I've spoken with anyway are horrified by by what's going on, and uh, everybody I know supports the sanctions against uh, against Russia and Putin and his cronies. Uh, and, it, you know, I think most people are, <clears throat> again, I, I don't think there's any differentiation between the mindset here and the mindset there in terms of, um, uh, you know, you hope it doesn't escalate to the point that that uh, that nuclear weapons are used, or else mm-hmm. we'll all be, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll be all, all this play-by-play stuff will be fucking mute or moot. 
we'll be like yeah, whatever he is even more so yeah, yeah even more so <laughs> you know yeah and, they, yeah. and, we, and we talk about proximity but again with the weaponry nowadays does it even matter i guess to some degree but not the way it used to you know? uh, I, I mean my big thing there uh, that i've i've railed about before uh, and did when i was there is it you know britain is very unique which is where where we live we lived in london uh and you could even see it when we lived there but there is no country in the western world not a one that has been as much of a a russia enabler putin enabler as as britain like they you know it's and it's coming home to roost now uh i mean all of the oligarchs come and launder their money through the financial system in london which has very very light touch oversight so it's easy to launder your money uh, they launder it by buying expensive property in uh, Knightsbridge and other Chelsea and other expensive areas of London. They launder it through the financial system in the, the city of London and the banks. Uh, their political parties, uh, Boris Johnson and the Conservatives in particular, have taken tens of millions of dollars in donations from Russian oligarchs. Uh, they fast track some of them for citizenship. One of them owns a newspaper. Uh, and is uh, has a seat in the House of Lords, you know, one of your mm-hmm. levels of government. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sickening. Uh, I mean, it, it is sickening. But as you're speaking, if I may interject, it, it almost because of that, you'd think there'd be so much pressure being put on Putin for that to be able to continue. Well, I think, but I, I think that that's you know, again, uh, my my view is uh, I think that's the only way that you can get to Putin is is to squeeze the oligarchs who have benefited from him giving them what were once, you know, state-owned corporations, the steel company, the the oil companies, uh, Rosneft and some of those other big companies like that. Uh, and once, you know, if, if you restrict their movement, freeze their assets, seize their assets, uh, then at, at some point, they're going to be sitting around. doesn't matter if you have $18 billion in the bank. I can't go anywhere. I can't go to my house in Chelsea. I can't own a football team, Roman Abramovich. I can't go to my yacht. It's been seized. I can't move my money around. Uh, I can't buy my F1 team. I'm sitting in some shitty apartment in Moscow, and I'm looking at all my billionaire buddies going, this guy's got to go. Yeah, I guess this mm-hmm. is this is brutal. Yeah, that's what I, I say. It gives me hope. That, mm, yeah. I think that I think I. Uh, that's what I believe that the the key to this is. Yeah, he's got to Brit- be. But, but you got to take him so, out. But Britain, that's where they're guilty. Like they have not squeezed hard enough. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's they need to squeeze all of those guys. Well, they because, don't want a war there because they don't want London bridges falling down, falling <laughs> down, falling yeah. down. I'm sorry, Paul. I apologize for that uh, you know, immature. Falling down, falling down, <laughs> falling down. Remember Did that wanna, song? No, no, I don't remember that. Why don't you do it a third time? <laughs> um, in our last few minutes here, uh, Roman, I'm not sure if you're, uh, you know, I mean, we've been talking about uh, the significance of another leaf trade. Do you even care about these things anymore? Does it... Does it even do you even bother getting involved? Did you have discussions in a day where you're like, oh, the Leafs have div- they've drafted another defenseman at the end of his career? Do you care? No. All right, no. well, that's good. Um, no. Yeah, that's it's fine. A, 
Paul, do I, you agree with me? It's going to be a quick exit this year. Like, if people think bad, last year was bad. It's it's going to be ugly. They're going to play Florida or Tampa. Somebody's going to get on Mitch Marner. They're going to shadow him. That's, they might that's, play Carolina, though, in which case, <clears throat> you know, they're facing Freddie Anderson, and we know what Freddie does in yeah. the playoffs. He's a playoff sieve, yeah, right? Yeah. No, yeah. that's true. Well, that's the one flicker of hope, I guess. I okay. If they, play, if they play Tampa, it's going to be uh, over and out, I would think. But mm-hmm. uh, Well, I, I saw on Facebook, somebody, uh, I think it was Boone, our producer, is uh, saying at the end of the interview, would Paul uh, be amenable to... You know, doing his signature play-by-play call, and I got to be honest with you, I didn't know you had one. I apologize, but uh, and then, by the way, it's not over yet. But is your phrase "it is over"? Is that you? Oh right. Uh, Well, that was yeah. I used that call for a game. Uh, It was the uh, nineteen ninety-four World Hockey Championship in Milan. It was the first gold medal Canada had won at that tournament in thirty-three years. Canada won in a shootout. Bill Ranford made the final save, and it was over. Okay, but I, I, want, I want you to do it, if you don't mind. I want to put you on the spot. But I do have a question, because it comes up, you know, in significant moments in golf. What is Jim Nance going to say? You know, Tiger famously, you know, won the 97 Masters, you know, a win for the ages, these type of things. My question is, did you know you were going to—do you have in mind something to say of significance? Yeah, I've, I've been asked that before. In that case, no, I didn't. Um, I I would often jot down some notes of something that I might want. I'm trying to think of an example I could give you. Uh, and I can't think of one off the top of my head. But uh, but that, the, the one that made that one <clears throat> unique is I probably had something written down, you know, it's been a 33-year mm-hmm. wait or whatever, right. worth the wait or something. I've, I've no idea. I'm just uh, just pulling stuff out of mm-hmm. my hat. But um, I did not anticipate the game going into a shootout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. uh, so yeah, when it ended, that was a, that was a, just a genuine call. That was. You know, some guys that have had those signature lines, you know, when they happen organically, I like them better. Like Foster Hewitt, he shoots, he scores. People... You know, Bowen's uh, Holy Mackinac, sometimes I feel that was a bit shoehorned. And and then Bob Cole, out of nowhere, started going, oh, baby. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? For years, he never said that. It was almost like one day he thought, geez, I need one of those things. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm talking about two different things. You're you're talking about a a signature uh, goal, like something that, you know, Bowen says or or Cole says. I'm I'm talking about insignificant moments like the end of a big series the first time right. we win you know and again i you know the touch them all joe touch them all joe and there's and, no way he had that written down no way no touch them all yeah no no i know no no I know. but, but yeah. i i agree because that was a uh, scenario specific moment of significance yeah. but i guarantee you when uh when tiger won in 2019 jim nance knew what he was going to say long before that last putt dropped you know those type of and, and I and in your case, like in that moment, it is over. The, the, the reason I wanted to talk about a little bit about it, and I'm almost finished. By the way, is there's a lot of pressure because that moment is going to live on long after you finish your career, and people will go back and watch that. And if you say something dumb, <laughs> like or you know you fumble it, it's there forever, man. You know what? I can remember. You're right. You're ver- you're right. First of all, in your point, um, like there are certain things, games that you're doing. For example, Austin Matthews' <clears throat> first game uh, mm. when he scored the four goals. I called that game. 
Did you really? Uh, eh? Yes, I did. Wow. So you knew it was Austin Matthews' first game. You knew it was a big deal. Uh, You knew there was a decent chance because he'd had a good exhibition season, a good preseason. Mm -hmm. Decent chance he was going to score. And when it's a kid's first goal in the league, whether it's Austin Matthews or anybody else, I was always aware of it uh, because you know that even if that kid scores one goal and isn't around very long, that call will be very important to the family. This is what I'm saying. And I would keep it simple. Sorry, guys. That's all right. I would keep it very simple. It would just be, I would try, you know, he scores, Joe Blow, his first NHL goal. Pause, lay out, let the crowd come in. But, you know, really simple. You wanted to do that. But I can think of one, Fred, it just popped into our pardon. Well, Fred and Humble just uh, popped into my mind uh, in the world. When I, I did the World Junior Championship all through the 90s for TSN, that was kind of my heyday. And uh, at one point, Canada won five gold medals in a row, which at the time was unprecedented. Uh, the domination for Canada. They'd never dominated that tournament to that extent ever. So when we went into that game where if they won, it would be the fifth in a row. I had jotted down the drive for five is alive. Mm-hmm. So Canada won. And if you go and play right. it back, you know, hey, the game is over. You know, the drive for five is alive. Canada, World Junior Championship, you know, number five in a row or whatever it was I said. So, yeah, that was a case where I jotted something down. But yeah. a lot of them, you don't. You no, and that, in those situations, <laughs> you sort of map out what could happen. Like the Jim Nance won for the ages. He knew... It didn't matter how it ended. It was just if Tiger won, he could say that. Yes. Whereas you explained the touch them all, Joe. He didn't know the game was mm-hmm. going to end that way. Yeah. Right? So he called it on the spur of the moment. And not to be a, a Donnie Downer, but you mentioned <laughs> Austin Matthews scoring those four goals that night. Okay. So he's number one draft choice. First game as a Maple Leaf scores four goals. And they lose. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. That's they so lost good. To the Ottawa Senators. No, yeah. isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. It's like he's the, but on that night, one of the I'll, most I'll significant signings in years. He's the he's the chosen one. Scores yeah. a hat trick and one, and they fucking lose. <laughs> but that is also so great. On that night, Freddie. <clears throat> that was that that was. There's there's an example. You know, the more I think of it, right? Like I, I he scored. Okay, I expected he'd probably score a goal. So yeah, Austin Matthews his first mm-hmm. NHL goal or whatever. I said, right? There's not a chance I expected him to get a hat trick, never mind four goals. Yeah. So I think I think it was after he scored his third or his fourth, might have been his fourth, and they had this great shot of him, and I still remember it, and because it just jumped into my head. And I was just thinking, like, what a, you know, what a, a brilliant night in my head. I'm thinking brilliant. And then I'm thinking, what's another word for brilliant? Uh, luminescent is a great word. Nice. And I said, I said, this is a or what a luminescent night for Austin Matthews. And I thought that was a really good word and it fit really well. And I just, you know, I didn't have yeah. that written down. Nice. Uh, you know, if I'd have been calling that game after his fourth, I would have said, he's got four. We want more. That's what I would have said. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah, that's that's why yeah. you were watching it in your rec room. <laughs> <laughs> in Brampton. In Brampton. He's got he, the only person who heard that call was his wife, Delisha. He's like, okay, Fred, I'm going upstairs now. Uh, the walrus was Paul. The uh, premise is that Paul speaks to Canadian musicians about uh, Beatles' album of significance. 
And, you know, the other day, uh, Paula, who I follow on Twitter and vice versa, he made some crack about, hey, when do I get to come back on the Humble and Fred show? And I was right. just, I was on the fence. I was just in that kind of mood where I wanted to retweet and go, I guess when we're on the walrus was Paul. But I, but I forgot the premise is that it's, in, it's musicians. But here's my prediction, Fred. Three to five years from now, if he's still doing it, he'll get to ex-broadcasters that like the Beatles. Yeah, but you're somewhat of a musician. You sort no, of dabble yeah. with the piano and a guitar, so you sure. can do it. I oh, can't. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't lead. know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, saying I'm a musician is another, <laughs> like another layer of the glassman glass onion. Anyway, the, also, uh, the walrus he also pl- rides a unicycle. Yeah, that's that, true. Does that help? Hmm. Yeah. I'm a very, I have a very limited series of skills. Uh, the walrus was, walrus was Paul. It originally releases every, I'm going to say every week. Uh, every other week, every other uh, week, new episode out today. Talking to uh, Martha Johnson and Mark Gain of Martha and the Muffins. Oh, yeah, very cool. Uh, Revolver album, so it's a good one. Echo um, Beach, and Echo Beach, Roma, yep. Roma, <laughs> Roma. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm calling Roma. him Roma. Never, I've known him for thirty years. Never called him Roma until just now. Uh, Roma, hey Roma, what hey. T- what do you do the rest of the day? Like, what, what? are you up to? <laughs> Doing some working on some writing. I got the podcast. You got your and you got your kids' book. Got the kids are working on next year's. Working on next year's hockey superstars. Well, listen, man, what a pleasure to have you on the program as always. And uh, I love coming on. Oh my god, you you know what it is? It's a it's a real it's something else. And now, um, oh, here we go. We go back to the glorious nineties. The yes, best, we do. Best decade ever. Best and decade as we ever. say goodbye to Paul. London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down. Yeah, you really should do a podcast as a grandpa. Just nothing but grandpa stories and dad jokes. And you know, I'd produce that shit. There's something there. There is something, something there. there. Uh, Paul Romanuk, listen, yeah. man, always a pleasure. Good talking to you. Paul Romanuk, The Walrus of Fall. A new episode drops today. Go get it where you get your podcasts. And uh, always a pleasure catching up, and we will uh, be in touch soon, my friend. Take can, care, guys. Can, can you give us the call? It is. Hey, buddy. Give us the call. It is over. It is that, over. That's all you said? It is over? Yeah. Yeah, it is over. It's retired. The real call's retired. Okay, man. Thanks, man. See, yeah, see, you, that's tough. You know in those situations where people ask you to do a bit like that, it's a bit of No, people don't. People never ask me to do a bit. They say, hey, stop doing bits. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. And by they, I mean Rachel. Rachel just does this to me at some point. She goes, okay, that's enough now with your funny little, just stop. Oh, I know what that's all about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, I, come, come on, baby. Yeah, that's your signature call. Mine is, why does everyone hate me? Um, all right, Romy. Roma. All right, Roma. <laughs> See ya. Stay, stay chilly. Can I ever tell you uh, that ba- baby come on? Just let yourself out there, Polly. Okay. Baby, come on. When I used Baby. to do that thing for whatever era. Yeah. Um, one day, Jim Jim um, Lang phoned me. He was, he was hosting NFL football at the time. And he said, put the show on. Put the show on. And then he was talking about some highlight, and he finished it with Baby, come on. Aww. But he let me know he was going to say. <laughs> That's funny. He's a good man, a Jim Lang. Yeah. Um, he's no Romanek, but he's decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Romy. Talk to you soon, man. See you guys. 
Uh, listen, uh, Paul Romanuk today, as you mentioned, was the uh, Gig Sky guest of the day. And I would tell you that as well as Gig Sky and some other lovely human beings that support this program, listeners and partners alike, one of them is GoDaddy. We talked to Mark Saltzman this week, uh, a partner with GoDaddy. I found it interesting, his story about a guy that was so involved with tech for so long, uh, was basically prospected by GoDaddy because they thought they said, hey, Mark, we can make your website better. And if you're like Mark and you want to get professionals on this, no credit card is even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Talk to uh, some free and friendly phone support. You don't get that every day anymore. 24-7 is with you uh, is what you get with GoDaddy. And there's no better time than now to get your ideas online. Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where customers and people go to create websites and everything else you need to get your business online. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, the Chamber's plan. We've told you about the Chamber plan. It's a brilliant idea for small business. If you've thought about a benefits package for your people, affordable, that's the word, okay? So you're a small business. You're thinking, how can I afford that? Take the time today. Go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. Find out how this works. All these small companies together uh, sort of have the image of a huge company, so uh, the benefits packages can be purchased at a reasonable cost, and they've done a great job of keeping premiums down over the past few years. Again, you owe it to your employees. You owe it to yourself to look into this. All sorts of testimonials, small companies, how it's worked for them. 30,000 Canadian businesses, part of this, been around 40 years you know, prescriptions and dental insurance, all sorts of therapies. They have the teledoc system. They're always working on it, too, to make the plan better. And it is great at this point. Chamberplan.ca. Um, as we're waiting for uh, Dan and Tim, I uh, meant to read this to you a couple of days ago, and I forgot. This will only take a second. I think from time to time on this show, both of us have referred to this media commentator uh, Bob Lefsetz. You remember yes. him? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 And uh, for, we, for, we had him on our show. We remember? did. Um, mm-hmm. We had him on our podcast live from a hotel lobby. Remember? That's right. That's where we met him. We met him that yeah. many, many years ago at that Canadian Music Week where the president, yeah. of course, said, you know, Facebook's and the Twitter's. And you and I were setting up our own equipment and feeling yeah. very uh, entrepreneurial. Right. Anyway, he, he puts out a letter every so so often, and it's read by people all over the world. And, and in fact, it's interesting. Some of the every so often he'll have a people re- reprint their comments, and you're like, wow! Like I like some of the entertainment moguls and actors right. and musicians. And I read it whenever it comes out. It's not always a- applicable to us here in Canada. A lot of it is about the music industry in the mm-hmm. States or whatever. But the last couple of years, it's gotten fairly political. And mm-hmm. he's a big vaxxer and mandate guy and mask guy and liberal. And, you know, you can mm-hmm. sort of imagine. Mm-hmm. And he gets mm-hmm. a lot of criticism from the right wing of whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I don't do this very often, but every once in a while, I send him a note uh, oh. commenting on something I read. Mm-hmm. And I just send it to him, and I forgot about it. And then I happened to be on some other social media platform, and a friend of ours, Captain Phil, said, hey, your left set's famous today. And I'm like, what? And sure enough, he had printed a bunch of comments from people around the world, and he 
He printed mine, right? So I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Yeah. It was basically talking, you know, he was doing another thing about the end of masking and the end of the mandates and how America, blah, blah, blah. And I, I just sort of said to him what we've been saying on the show. I said, you know, we used to feel smug and superior here in Canada, but the trucking convoy, you know, sort of showed that we have our own issues. And But I said, generally, Canadians through the pandemic were more compliant, which is why our numbers were lower, etc. And uh, yeah, he printed that. And I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, maybe very cool. Maybe some radio executives will see that and say, "Oh, humble and Fred, blah blah blah." Well, what's that mean? Maybe they'll see the comment, want to hire us, and do a big show. Yeah, do you think I'm doing anything? <laughs> no, like getting up I... and walking down these stairs and oh, sitting never again. No, do you think I am? <laughs> Come on. No, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. Quickly. Remember when we started doing the podcast, the whole idea was, hey, maybe somebody will hear us doing yeah. this goofy little podcast thing that are, you know. And we'll get a real that, job. Not that popular right now, and we'll get hired. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the, the thought of getting up in the morning and driving to a radio station and being part of that environment has no appeal to me whatsoever. Zero. Well, listen there. None. If some radio executives wanted to hire us, you know, they would first, you know, get our list of demands. Hey. Demand, number, <laughs> demand number one. We never have to leave our homes <laughs> yeah free prostate medicine um <laughs> that's right hey th- that would be a, yeah i got an idea let's hire those let's hire those two guys in their 60s you know that one guy's about to hit 66 and the other guy that's uh, like 63 yeah they, yeah that's a good strategy. let's yeah, hire those guys. that's right yeah. that's the that's the winning strategy dan duran are you uh <laughs> you have to stand by because uh it's uh time for this gentle angel from on high uh, for many years, uh, this gentleman has been providing great information and guidance. He is a retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. And here's the thing. You know, you want your advisor to be able to afford to take his grandkid to Universal Studios because that guy's made some good decisions. Welcome back, Timmy. Good morning, everybody. I could have waited for Dan to keep on talking. That would have been fine, uh, too. Whatever works. Uh, listen, you're a man. very accommodating man, yeah. and that's part of your yeah. charm. Uh-huh. Well, we got our moments, right? Uh, you, you know, it's funny you mention that, though. I remember when I first started in the business, some people commented on the car I was driving. I, I can't really remember. Probably BMW convertible back in the day. And and that's what I would say. Would you rather your advisor drove up in a wreck? Would you feel better about <laughs> it's that? Right? No, it's true. I want. Listen, I don't. I I don't want you rolling up in a Bentley because then I'm like, how much of my money is he taking? But uh, you know, I like the uh, the Sherpa mobile. I'm like, that's my guy. Uh, speaking of our guy, how was just quickly before we get to money? How was uh, your experience with the grandbaby? Yeah, it was awesome. He was great. I mean, Wednesday specifically, we were at Universal, as you know. Uh, we did like 20,000 steps, hit 20 plus rides, I'm sure. Uh, he went back with uh, Bubba three times uh, for Men in Black Aliens Attack, if you guys have ever done that over the mm-hmm. years. And uh, I just love Universal, man. I mean, Disney's good too, of course. It's got its appeal, but uh, Universal, where it's at for us. Okay, well, what's the deal with the money? What you said, is that true? 300 bucks so, each? How so, does that work? Yeah, so your your park ticket, I think it was about one fifty for the two parks in one day thing. Even for uh, a kid, like one hundred and fifty for a kid. Yeah, there must be some age right above. Oh. Uh, mind you, we saw a lot of small kids on mm-hmm. you know 
out, out there. So I, I would guess it's probably age two or three or something. You got to start paying for them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you got to get your park admission, Fred. Then uh, if you choose to, and Disney and, and Universal do them differently, uh, but Universal has an Express Pass, and when we bought them in December, it was 160 per person. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the week of, it was spring break down there, right? Uh, 300 and I think 70 per person was the going rate. Jesus. Then. That's crazy. Good to know that. Yeah. Is that surge? I, I got him just use the Uber. Mm-hmm. Is that is that surge pricing just for you think because it's March break and does it go back to normal at some point? Yeah, no, I, I presume it, it it has its ups and downs. Obviously, you know, throughout the uh, the year. I mean, in hindsight, mm-hmm. I should have sold all my holdings in January and just bought uh, Universal <laughs> Studios right. Express Pass. Yeah, there's an oversight. Yeah, maybe we'll look at that for a sleeve for the client's portfolios next year, the uh, Universal Express uh, sleeve. Yeah, no kidding. By the way, you know, I still believe they do that in Buffalo. They have a ticket price for Sabres games, but when the Leafs come, it's like double. Oh, absolutely. They know so so many Leaf fans are going to come across the border. I mean, maybe before COVID or whatever the situation since then. But you talk about surge pricing. It's, yeah. Let's take advantage of all those Toronto suckers. Mm, they'll pay anything. Um, speaking of money, let's talk about tax time. Filing's coming up. Uh, and this is an interesting question you pose. Is it too late to improve backwards? You know, people start to panic at this time of the year. Like, what should... And I guess the question I'm going to ask in, in this way is, what should we have done? And is it too late to go back and do some of those things? You can't create anything new, of course, now for last year. Uh, you might have some deductions that you're unaware that, that you could get. Uh, so in all likelihood, getting a professional to help you would be of value, at least I'd say for if you're the kind of person who does it by yourself, maybe one year every five get a pro to do it and make sure you're not missing out on uh, anything but you know like we talk about people spend more time looking for golf clubs than they do on their financial plan <laughs> uh, we probably individually and collectively also spend more time doing our tax return than we do actually improving our tax return um, you've got here RRSP versus TFSA and it's something I often think about listen um, you know given our age my age the TFSA was, you know, was introduced in the latter part of my wealth building, if you want to talk about it. Uh, when I, for somebody starting out, to me, it, it would be a no-brainer to go TFSA, wouldn't it? Because when you're, when you're taking it out 20, 25 years from now, totally untaxed, it seems to me that would be the ticket. What, what's the counter to that, Tim? Sure. It uh, depends on circumstance, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to think of from an estate planning point of view, when we kick, to use a technical term. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't know, get too technical. Goes, yeah, mm-hmm. all, all of that goes to our beneficiaries, at least, too, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the RSP, which by then would have probably turned into a riff, it's going to be uh, all added to your tax return. So, yeah, um, uh, if you're making good money, it's still hard to, and I'll say good money, over 80000 is one of the breaks for the marginal rates, 84000 mm-hmm. 
uh, probably some merit in looking to putting money into an RSP and then taking your refund and putting that into the TFSA. Okay. Uh, you know, cumulative room, 81,500 uh, now for the last, what does that get us to? Probably mm-hmm. 14 years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6,000 more appeared. Uh, got created January 1st of this year for everybody. So it's probably a combo platter, you know, Fred, not just mm-hmm. an either or thing. Okay. But but they're both great in different ways for forever ago. And I started with Investors Group, uh, God, almost 30 years ago, 30 years ago in uh, in June. Uh, I did a thing called the five paths. And I, I looked at what would happen over time if you put mm-hmm. money into an RSP and a non. Oh. In fact, pre-TFSA, there were circumstances where never putting the RSP you still came out ahead because the taxation was so much lower at the end on it. Um, let's okay. talk about a couple of quick uh, line items here. Flow-throughs, insurance, corporate uh, investing, borrowing to invest. Why don't you just give us kind of an overall sense of some of those subjects? Yeah, so these are kind of the things that uh, most people don't know about or think about or whatever. Uh, flow-throughs, if we want to assign a number, I'll say if you're 100, 150 plus in income, uh, could be of a lot of value. That's investment in uh, energy and resources where the tax breaks flow through uh, to the investor. So different dynamics, but you know some good stuff. Uh, yeah, in some cases, if people are operating a business, they should consider incorporating and, and they can really uh, get some good tax benefits from that. And then life insurance is a great wealth creator and, and a very tax effective uh, wealth creator. In fact, ironically, my first appointment today is with people who we've done all three of those things for because they make some pretty good coins. So just shifting them into a corporation uh, properly uh, has saved them tons of tax. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we first introduced uh, Tim Niblett as the retirement Sherpa, I think a lot of people and, and listening to you over the last few years think it's about where to put your money. But being a Sherpa is also helping people get their money out as they retire in the most tax effective and you know, structural way. That's a big part of what Tim does. Uh, am I correct? Well, uh, one of the many reasons I love the little uh, Sherpa theme is, yeah, when you climb Mount Everest, there's more deaths on the way down than there is on the way up, right? Of course, fatigue can be part of it too. But when you're accumulating for retirement, it's a much different dynamic than when you're in retirement. So you've got to ideally have things in the right spots to begin with before you get there. Mm-hmm. But once you get there, you're, you're kind of playing a little more defense than you are offense, right? So the game's changed a bit. Right. And that's when you really need a Sherpa as you climb back down the mountain. I get it. I love it. I, I'll, I'll bring water. <laughs> um, uh, just in our last seconds here, uh, Fred, <clears throat> uh, Tim was playing in a tournament at his course. Uh, in the last day or two, Tim, and this will be interesting for you, Freddie. Uh, they had at the course they had a three club club challenge, mm-hmm. and Tim used a three wood, a six iron, and a nine iron to play a, mm-hmm. a round of golf. And Tim, why don't you tell Fred, Fred what happened? Well, actually, it's a, it's a Monday group, so it's a little less formal than a big tournament, but the guy who runs it likes to be creative, so every once in a while he does this for us. I've played since and, and shot three more with all my clubs, of course. So yet again, Fred, as has happened in the past, I have had one of my best games of the year just using three dang darn golf clubs. There you go. And what was your score? 
Uh, I was 85. It's an easy course. It's not a long course by any means. 85 but, uh, with three clubs. How about yeah. that? Um, what do you putt with? Oh, you can use a putter in that. Oh, so it's three oh, clubs okay. plus, uh, plus a putter. H- Howard, was it your three club championship? Yeah. You couldn't. You, uh, I, you had to, you had to putt with a seven or uh, whatever. Yeah, you you. I, yeah. I played in a three club club championship where you weren't allowed to use a putter, so I just putted with my hybrid, which is what I teed off with. But I just thought it was interesting when I saw your tweet about how you had one of your lowest rounds just using three clubs. This goes to show you. Um, congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. I, I'm mostly happy about it, but it's uh, kind of a, a crazy thing. Again, this has happened before. Uh, two years ago, I did the exact same uh, same thing. Well, don't be too happy because I'm going to take you down this summer. There All right, go. brother. I'm looking forward to it. Tim.Nibble at RaymondJames.ca is where you get a hold of the retirement Sherpa. What a uh, great appearance. Welcome back. Thanks for today and uh, all that. Yeah, my pleasure. Maybe next month we can actually do it in person. I'll I'll come uh, hang with one of you. Why don't you go to Fred's place? That'll be good. <laughs> That's true. Okay. We'll get the Campbell soup blanket and we'll cuddle together there. I'm Fantastic. Right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Timmy. Right take care, bro. Thanks, guys. Enjoy profit. There he is, the retirement hey, Sherpa. What a sweet person he is. <laughs> Are you all caught up? Yeah. Okay. So I just got uh, one to go. You get Dan Duran on here. Uh, our friend John Tory tweeted yesterday: uh, Toronto is a world leader in vaccination coverage. Here's the uh, stats about Toronto: eighty-nine percent of eligible residents have received two doses; sixty-five percent have received three; fifty-seven mm-hmm. percent. Of kids, 5 to 11 have had one dose. 40% have had two. And that's the city of Toronto where we live. That's Toronto. Not surprised. 90% uh, eligible. Pretty good. You know, Tory's one of those guys, too, that you I deeply, highly respect, as you do, too, I'm sure. You know, and he's on board with the the masking mandate being lifted you know what i mean that sort of makes me feel good yeah you know when you look to somebody like him like if john tory was saying ah this is out of line we shouldn't be doing this it would be like Mm -hmm. i deeply respect his opinion but uh he's on board with it yeah i just thought i'd pass that through just because of our the fact that we both you know think the world of john and you know the guy's you know he's done a pretty good job through all of this you know i'd say you didn't need any of this shit. No. <laughs> you know, he really didn't. I, I just go back to, what, 2010. He should have been the premier. We were robbed of a great premier and yeah. had to put up with Dalton. Uh, Dan Duran is here. He's come back. Duran yep. Duran, or Dan Duran from Duran Duran. Oh, yep, hang on me, a yep. second. There we go. Dan. Yes. Uh, how has your break been? Did you were you productive? Did you find us some uh, the best in news coverage? Oh yes, I have. Yeah, fantastic. Oh. I've, yeah, I've spent a little time searching through the uh, through the annals of the uh, news experience and have come up with some ex- excellent stories to uh, to ponder. All right. Well, let's uh, without further ado uh, and delay. What about this? Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan, 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 D
And around the anchorman comes As fast for credentials he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dand around the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lakeside Brought to you by HealthGage HealthGage.com is where you go to get the HealthGage Phoenix uh, we'll get back in touch with Tim Daniels tomorrow. We missed him by an hour because of the time change. Promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for 15% off at checkout. HealthGage.com. Go check out the Phoenix already. Get this and uh, share vital information with your healthcare provider. Get a real sense of your overall health picture. HealthGage.com. And now, here's Dan Duran. Now may be the time to invest in Polar Cap Beach Resorts. New records are being set right now on both of the Earth's poles. The Antarctic and the Arctic temperatures have really shocked researchers. And uh, here is how unusual they are. Concord Station, high on the Antarctic Plateau, hit a record temperature of minus 11.8 on Friday. And that's more than 40 degrees warmer than seasonal norms. At Vostok Station, they registered a temperature of minus 17.7 degrees Celsius, beating its record by 15 degrees. So it's really warm down there. At the same time, some stations near the North Pole reached 30 degrees Celsius above normal. At the exact same time, with records being broken in Norway and in Greenland and uh, in the north of Russia. Of concern is the uh, the drop of Arctic ice and the thinning of the ice, and it's kind of a vicious cycle. Once more dark water is exo- exposed, it absorbs more heat because it's dark and melts more ice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is with uh, COVID, Trump, Putin, short term problems when it, uh, you know that need attention, but the planet really should be uh, not uh, ignored through but, all of this stuff. Yes, but Dan, I. In my research into that, my research, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the cool. scientists are quick to say you can't, you can't pin this one on uh, global warming just yet. I mean, there's been a history of this happening before. And again, I'm not a denier. I'm just saying that within the article, they said, you know, everybody wants to rush to the global warming thing right now. This could just be a cyclical phenomenon that's taking place. What they're concerned about is both poles at the same time is yeah. really weird. Yeah. And that argument, by the way, and, you know. Again, I know it's not which I know it's not the point you're making, but that is the point that always comes up. Well, you know, this is cyclical. If you look back historically, this has happened before, and I'm not taking away from that, but I'm just saying that seems to be the default. So, but that point aside, mm-hmm. I thought you know I thought you were going to say, Dan, this is all under the headline of we're all doomed. <laughs> because we're clearly that was my original well, headline. Actually. Yeah, the headline is and I, we're all yeah. doomed. And I think that's why, in this case, the scientists were quick to go there before everybody thinks we're doomed and freaking yeah, out. But we are doomed. Uh, like oh, there's, with, with, without a doubt, we're doomed. There's no, the there's freak, no getting out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, it's the frequency of these kinds of events. Yeah. Yes. Any singular event you mm-hmm. point to, you can find a, you know, in the past somewhere mm-hmm. some some comparison. However, uh, it's not so. I mean, the, the thinning of the ice and it uh, all of the big mm-hmm. uh, chunks of ice that are shearing off the uh, the ice packs is is a big concern right now. And 
Mm. You know. Well, look what it's we done to there. your uh, ice sculptures on the lake. I mean, it, I mean <laughs> it's affecting. <laughs> yeah. It's affecting everything. What, what I want to know is if global warming is a real thing and the oceans are rising, why did Barack Obama and Al Gore buy houses right on the coast? Tell me that. That's what I hear all the time. Uh, here's another why one. Why would Barack Obama buy that house right on the coast if there's global warming? If there is global warming and we're all doomed, why is it that uh, two days after spring we're going to have freezing rain and uh, all sorts of bad weather? <laughs> if it's global warming, shouldn't it be nicer than it is? Mm-hmm. That's the um, I just the red ribbon of doom on the weather network. I just looked at it. It's, it says freezing rain. You guys already got some. I got a little bit of rain here, but I don't know that it's freezing yet. My, when I went up to refill my coffee there, I stepped out in the deck because neighbor John, he lives north of here now. Oh, I hate that thought. But anyway, he wanted to know about, for his wife driving back into Brampton what the conditions were. And All I right. stepped on my back deck here. Sheet of ice. Sheet of ice. Freezing rain possible may lead to icy surfaces. Rainfall around 20 millimeters resulting in localized water pooling and strong easterly winds gusting 70 Kilometers an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the same system that's, uh, that was affecting uh, Texas and New Orleans. Uh, they had uh, tornadoes in New Orleans, and uh, I think a couple of people died here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 that was a huge tornado in New Orleans. Like, huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's not global warming. Um, <laughs> and by the way, this freezing rain, if you're listening to us live, which isn't that many people, but if by the time you hear this... It's going to be a couple hours from now, but this freezing rain is mainly going to affect areas north of the 4-0-1. Down here by the lake, it's just going to be raining and shitty. <laughs> that's, a, that's today's <laughs> forecast. It's just yeah. going to suck. Yep, it's uh, going to be that way for the day. Yeah, so, you want me to go to a second story? I or? do, Dan. Yeah, Let me get your second of... story music. All right. uh, Dan Duran has a second story. Okay, while we're talking about global warming, let's let's talk about gas. Watch your gas. The smell of stolen gas is in the air. With all these gas prices climbing, so is gas criming. Yeah. Ah. Good. Uh, not only have gas station drive-offs uh, increased, but there are instances of uh, techies gaming the pump system, you know, so you you're fill up your tank without getting charged for it. People are using siphons, pulling from tanks. Some idiots are drilling holes in tanks to uh, drain tanks for, uh, for gas. Even there's an instance of a van pulling over a gas station tank access. So like those underground tanks where they uh, draw the gas from. And the van had a hole in the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and had pumps that they broke off the top of the, the, the seal or whatever, the tank, and then just uh, had pumps and they pumped it out. Apparently, they did this over and over again at this one station and stole thousands of uh, dollars worth of uh, petrol through that hole in the floor. Anyway, they're saying maybe locking, if you're in big centers that, that have a lot of, you know, criming going on, locking gas caps, even if your vehicle already has a fuel door that locks. Um, keeping your car in a garage if possible or parking it in a well-lit, well-traveled location, uh, parking your fu- so that your fuel door is visible from a main road, that kind of thing is all deterrence for, for people stealing your gas. Um, I saw, uh, I like to get my gas at Canadian Terror because I like to collect the points. Very good program they have. Um, the pump the other day when I was there, I used my... Uh, Canadian Tire credit card, but it said all transactions, I, I, I believe it was cash, must be done prior to pumping. Now, 
Um, that's sort of unique in Canada, isn't it? You can still go up to a pump and pay, or in, in pump and then pay, right, with cash, I believe. In a lot of places, yeah. Overnights, uh, I remember that years ago in Toronto, they stopped that. But, right, yeah. and uh, and I, I'm just saying it was interesting because I, I thought that. I thought with the price of gas, because I've heard ga- uh, gas theft has, has pumped up where people are filling up their cars and then taking off. Right. Well, I had, uh, listen, yeah. I got I got robbed yesterday when I went and, you know, got gas, but I got robbed by the gas companies. No, 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 no. no. It was one, $100, $100. Plus, I put in the lowest grade. You know, I drive a, an old car and I'm really, you know, I'm, I put, I don't know what the difference between, but it was 170 versus 190 something. But it caused, I, I, but I had, I think I had like a, just under an eighth of a tank, but it was a hundred dollars to fill that car up. Am I? I know it's excruciating. Yeah. I again, young families. I don't know over the past. You know, if you have to commute, you're adding two, three hundred dollars a month to your to your monthly cost. Mm. Some people just don't have that. I know. Wouldn't you like at some point the oil companies to do their part? through one of these yeah like or suspend some of these ridiculous taxes well i was gonna say the the government can just say okay we're in a bit of an inflation bit we're in Mm -hmm. an inflationary period we're just gonna roll back a few cents yeah on these leaders uh do you put in putting it back but but putting it back on is going to be a a challenge then right when you do that so you take it off yeah but but dan what do you use the highest what what level of uh, grade are you using like mid-grade or low grade no i use the uh the uh, regular yeah that's what i'm using now premium is always 10 cents but what is the difference like do i really need to worry about that in my car it's octane level i know so is that going to make a big difference to the life of my engine no but yeah it depends on your car what they recommend for yes. the car and what is you have an Acura, Howard? I don't think any Acura you're supposed to use anything less than mid grade. To be honest, okay. Um, it's and not what, good. Well, uh, no, you could end. You could actually end up using more gas. Because oh, I see what you mean. It burns it the, faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more ethanol in it, yeah. right? And in your in your engine is demanding a little more. But it would be nice if the the oil companies could just extend a gesture because here's the story to this guys what's going on now when their profit margins are released two or three months from now watch how horrifically gross they are oh yeah they'll be over the top they will smash records so during these times there's oh it's a commodity no you gotta pay supply and demand yet oh okay right but why are your profits up again shouldn't they have been steady yeah sure or shouldn't you have lost some money Yes. Uh, I yeah. saw this report on the weekends. And I don't remember exactly the number, but it was the basic last quarter of Canadian, you know, gas companies. And, and again, they're not losing any money. No. Uh, my my thought has always been, and I've had this same argument with my brother, who's uh, uh, an Albertan and his wife works in the oil patch, uh, about it being a commodity and how it affects our our uh, our entire society when the when the price bounces around. Mm-hmm. And his argument is, well, you know, it's a supply and demand thing. Um, to your point, afraid of taking the taxes off, what's to say that the oil companies don't compensate by throwing a couple more cents on? Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to notice it? You know that kind of thing. And but it, when it's when it within a few cents, it, it's okay fluctuating. But when you're when you're when you're planning your life out and you think it's going to cost you this much in a year or whatever, like you're talking about families and stuff. 
Well, when it bounces this crazy, it's it, it really affects everyone and our society and the way things happen. So it just why wasn't there more of a regulation? I mean, it's a system that 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 is the world over. So, you know, getting anybody to agree on it would be strange. But you'd think that as an oil producing nation, we can sort of figure something out locally that like in our, you know, that you can't just do, you know, 10 cents overnight. It just you can't do that. You have to, you know, slowly get there. Well, they got you by they got you by the shorties and it's power and lobbying. And again, that smugness, that whole Canadian thing, don't think for one second that there hasn't been politicians in this country have got rich off oil companies and backroom deals. Yeah, and the fact is the Manila envelopes full of cash. And and the price of oil never seems to be a direct line to the price of gas and they always say that you know the delay in the refineries there's always an excuse but it always goes up quickly it just never comes down very quickly uh before we yes. finish um yes. by the way wait, was that was that brrr, was that the the bill counter was yeah that yes that's because <laughs> he's because he's, he's he's with the cartel that's how he counts his money he's <laughs> got one of those machines Plus, I, i'm known for my sound effects oh yeah you're like I that you're like that over. no he's like that guy in the police academy he's like that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey we need the sound of a money counting machine mm-hmm. let's get that guy from brampton uh you were mentioning that maybe you're going to do a you know, one of your your podcasts would be you just talking about being a grandpa, doing yeah. like grandpa jokes and such. So I found some, oh. I would call these dad jokes, but I thought you would enjoy them. And I thought I we will. could finish the show with some of these. So a Mexican magician says he'll, he will disappear on the count of three. He says, uno, dos, poof. He disappeared without a trace. <laughs> Did you get that, Dan? Yeah. Because there's no trace. It's the only uno dos trace. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Did you like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, here comes another one. Um, cool. Hey, Dan, I bought my friend an elephant for his room. He said, thanks. Don't mention it. <laughs> Don't mention the elephant in the room, Dan. Oh, right. Sorry. I, did. Well, I, I bought the world's worst thesaurus yesterday. Not only is it terrible, it's terrible. <laughs> I like that one. Um, this a hey, this is my step ladder. I never knew my real ladder. Okay, so, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, it just keeps going. I, I, I'd suggest though that these ones, maybe the latter one, maybe are a little over the head of my grandchild. Right. Oh well, he might like this. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? One is really heavy, and the other one is a little lighter. <laughs> there you go. Ha! Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks to the retirement Sherpa. Great appearance. Paul Romanuk. Uh, the walrus was Paul. And uh, tomorrow we'll close out the week with uh, Darren Dreger, I believe, is our guest. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking all kind of hockey stuff, and uh, it'll be great. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be it. That's a good show. Boone will be with us tomorrow. Dan Duran, of course, uh, making his uh, daily appearance. And we will uh, see everyone on the Humble and Fred Thursday. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you're an oligarch needing a place to hide your super yacht, look no further than Dan Duran's Super Yacht Storage and Vodka Restocking Service.
been a little up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. To